Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I am so glad you're with me today. This is one of my favorite things to do in all the world, teach the scripture. And so I want you to sit back, get ready to enjoy a practical walk through the word of God that will help you in some practical areas of your life. You know, when you get through with the cat, the dog, and all the things you're dealing with, it can be really tough. But I believe that when you open God's word, it helps make your day better. So enjoy today's study. It will help change your life. Enjoy. I want to read from Luke chapter 10. Verse 30, and I want to get you to look with me at a series of seven verses that tell an incredible story, one you've heard many times before. It's one of those famous Bible stories. Jesus replied with a story. It starts off from the New Living Translation. He would ask the question, who is my neighbor? In a discussion with a leader, Jesus answered him with story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes. See this in slow motion. Beat him up. See that in slow motion. And left him half dead beside the road. Now I want you to back up for a second and put yourself in this story. What is your name? Okay, this is the time for you to answer. I'm going to count down for you. One, two, three. What's your name? Now, when I do this, you say your name. You with me? Jesus told a story about and was traveling from Jerusalem, okay, from Savannah to Atlanta <laughs> on I-16 and was attacked by bandits. Well, now it's personal, see? They stripped him, see that in slow motion, of his clothes. That alone is enough. I don't know why you gotta take my clothes off. Beat me up, but don't take my clothes off. So I'm laying out there stripped, beat up, left half dead beside the road. So I'm not dead, I'm half dead, which means I'm awake, naked on the side of the road, beat up, by myself, by myself. By chance, a priest came, man of God, along and saw who? Mm-hmm, that's you. But when they saw you laying there, he crossed to the other side of the freeway. <laughs> Is that my pastor leaving me up again? <laughs> then it says a temple assistant, verse 32. That's a Levite in your King James Bible. That's somebody that works in the church. 
a volunteer. Said deacon. <laughs> he saw you, walked over and looked at you. Walked over, looked down, make sure it was you. <laughs> Boy, they look bad, I'm telling you what. And uh, passed by on the other side. So far, the church people are not doing good. This is not going good for church people. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan. Now, you got to understand, a Samaritan was somebody the Jews did not like. They said that the only reason, one of their little proverbs was, the only reason God made Samaritans was to fuel the flames of hell. They didn't like half-breeds. They intermarried with Gentiles. The least of the least. Frown up when you say their name. It says, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, when he saw you, he felt compassion for you. Going down, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He put the man, or you, on his own donkey in his car and took him to an inn, Holiday Inn. <laughs> okay, the Ritz. And he took care of you. Verse 35. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. This is a fantastic story that highlights four groups of people, four individuals, four groupings I want to focus on. And it shows four attitudes that stand out to me. The first group is rarely talked about, but they're the bandits. Everybody say, the bandits. Amen. Now, these are some special guys, and whenever I hear this preached, nobody ever talks about them. These are the gangbangers. Running around looking to take advantage of people, looking for some way to steal something, do something. Now, I believe there are two types of bandits. There's the obvious bandits, and the not-so-obvious bandits. Now, some of you would recognize a bandit. You can see him coming. They look like a bandit. They hang out with other bandits. But what gets you is those sneaky bandits. <laughs> Have you ever dated a bandit? <laughs> I'm just curious. You couldn't tell that she was a bandino. She was a bandit. Sometimes you don't know you got a bandit until they become your friend and start borrowing your money. Everybody say bandit. Now sometimes in the future when you deal with people, you go say, mm-hmm, bandit. This is a bandit. Coming to my house, I gotta go to work tomorrow and they still here. Everybody say bandit. I gotta go to sleep, you need to leave right now. Bandits are amazing. 
They take without concern for you. I mean, how much does this guy have? Why do you need his clothes? Why do you have to leave him out here? This, is, this has nothing to do with need. They just bend it. The second group that stands out, the second individual, is the victim. I mean, that's, I don't know if you've ever been a victim, but I, I have been a victim. I have been robbed before. I'm, I'll tell you what happened. I was in L.A., and I was walking with a bandit. <laughs> See, he, he, he was a bandit, and I mean, you know, he was a friend of the family. And sometimes when they're friends of the family, you can't tell. So I met, now he wasn't, he was, he was not an obvious bandit, he was undercover. So we ran into the real bandits. It was a gang called the Hoover Groovers. Hoover Groovers, in LA, it's a street called Hoover, and there's the Hoover Groovers. And I was walking with the bandit, you see, and, and he was drunk. But he's a family member, so, not a family member, but a friend of the family, so you just kind of overlooked that, right? So we were going to the store. So on the way to the store, uh, he's drunk and he sees the Hoover Groovers. Now that's about eight of them, and he starts to cussing them. And I'm standing there saying, hey, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I was a teenager, don't do that, don't, hey, don't say nothing to these people, just go in the store. No, you what y'all gonna do? I'll take on all of y'all. I said, no, you won't, no, you won't, not with me. You're not taking on anybody. He just drunk, y'all ignore him, he's just confused, he mixed up. So they didn't bother him, he was an older guy, they didn't bother him, they waited till later when they saw me by myself. And I came back to the store later on, another day, they said, oh, look who's here by himself. Mm-hmm. And they made me pay a tax. They call it an insult tax. I didn't have but a dollar. They took 75 cents of that. <laughs> there are moments in your life when you are a victim. And you're not a victim. Sometimes you don't know how, how in the world did I get here? Who dragged me into this? The Bible doesn't tell all the reasons why he was a victim, but we'll come back to that. Third, third group, we got the church people. Now, the church people in this story, as I said, they don't do too well. And then we have the Samaritans. Now, each one of these groups has an attitude. The bandits have a violent, don't care about the rights of others attitude. The bandits don't care who they hurt. The victim has a, I never believed this would happen to me attitude. The church people have a, I don't want to be involved attitude. They just want to be church people. But they're not willing to engage. The Samaritan has a, I can't pass by and let this happen attitude. Now I want you to compare the two attitudes between the church people and the Samaritan. Now you would expect that the church people would have a caring attitude. And if you're not careful, you can, you can really overjudge the church people here. Because you, you probably need to ask yourself a couple of questions. Are these burnt out church people? 
they have helped enough people. They've seen enough pain. They've had enough trying to help people. And the last time they went to help somebody, they got burned. I don't know. Could, could these just be church people who have just overdone it? They're overripe. Or could they be insensitive? Now, most of the time when you read the story, they're viewed as insensitive people. But let me just give you a, a little scenario. I've been pastoring for 33 years. And when I first started, I, I, was, really, I was really just excited to help everybody. And I used, I used to get so disgusted with preachers who just didn't have any patience with people. I, I didn't understand that. Just like when you have little children and, and you don't have any kids, you just don't understand why a parent won't let them ride that little horse. <laughs> but after you've ridden 15 horses in one day, <laughs> you're not riding this horse, boy, you understand, you see. So when I started preaching, I was really, 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 you know, just really eager, and I, I wanted to help everybody. And, and, and I used to see preachers, they start, they say bad words. And I used to wonder why they would just say bad words, you know, every now and then. It used to hurt me to hear a preacher say a bad word. No, I'm not going to say what they are, but you know, those bad words. And, and, and after I did it for about 10 years. <laughs> now, I don't say bad words. Now, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm big. <laughs> But, but when I see one now, I just hug him and say, hold on, brother, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I understand that if you're not careful, you can get burnt out and stop caring. Some of you are burnt out and you don't care like you used to care. If you work in a hospital long enough, people yelling doesn't bother you. If you're not careful, you lose something in your soul. I know it's easy to look at these church people and write them off and say they're insensitive, and, and I believe they were, but, but let's ask why. The last time you went over to help somebody, they took all your money. The last time you tried to, to, to save somebody, they, they burn you. And so now you've become this hard church person. Are you a church person who's lost something? You got all the titles, you got all the, the spiritual words, but you've lost something. And you never imagined you'd be this way. What's really amazing is this Samaritan guy who jumps into this fight, and he has this incredible view. I can't pass by and let this happen. Even if I can't fix it, even if I don't know, even if I can't, I cannot let this happen. Am I just a pass by on the other side of the street person? You watch the news and you get all stirred up, but you do absolutely nothing to make a change in the world you live in. And so when I look at these people, I'm, I'm inspired. We like to talk about the guy on the side of the road, but I really believe more of us, if we're not careful, can fall into one of these categories than we know. Well, let me, if I can, summarize this whole thing with, with the star of the show. The reason this was written was to highlight God's ability to help a guy who has nowhere to turn. 
The bandits we're clear about, the, vic- the, the, the church people we're clear about, the Samaritan we're clear about. But let's just for a moment back up and make sure we close with this final guy. Because this guy laying on the side of the road is like a lot of us. There's nothing more, more, more destructive emotionally than to feel that you're stripped. There's nothing more emotionally wrecking than to feel that you've been robbed. There's nothing more frustrating than to feel abandoned. There's nothing more frustrating than, than to lay there and have no answer. And what's really powerful in this story is God comes and fixes everything. God comes and does for, for this guy something that nobody else could have done. Now, I know life can get pretty messy. And I know life can get out of control. And I know sometimes with your best intent, you end up in a place that you can't quite figure out. When I look at this guy on the side of the road, I think to myself, why are you out there? I mean, I mean, if you know it's dangerous, I'm wondering what's your motivation for being there? Didn't you know better? Why are you alone? Maybe you should have traveled with the group. Could this have waited? Sometimes there are answers to those questions, and sometimes there, sometimes there are no answers to that. Sometimes you just are in a bad place. And what's really powerful is whether I got there by mistake or if I, if I got there because I was hard-headed. However I got on the side of the road, stripped and naked, God still cares. Amen. Come on, amen. God still cares. And I'm really glad that in this story, he never told us what made him get on the road. He, he left it open. And I think that's important. Because sometimes when people are in a bad place, we want them to explain. So how did you get a divorce? We didn't like each other anymore. That's the bottom line. How did you get sick? How, I mean, I don't know how you got to where you are. But what this story says is the living God cares about abandoned, stripped people. The living God has a plan for abandoned, stripped people. People who have, who have no hope. And that's what this guy has. I mean, he literally has no hope. The church people have let him down. For whatever reason. They may have had good reason. But they let him down. There's nowhere to go. And I'm telling you, in this life, I've had these moments. I remember one time when I was a kid, I was in the house with my mother and she was overcome by, uh, and, and, and fell out and stopped breathing. I was 12 years old. I will never forget that moment. We'd had some kind of CPR class at school. And they taught you how to clear the airway and do all this stuff. And I remember I was by myself. No, I was younger than that. I was about, oh my God, I was about, I was about 10. And they, and I, 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 I dragged her out of the house. I remember being on my knees. And I remember saying, help. And nobody came. 
And I, I remember they taught me in school, and I put her head back, and I did this thing. I, I, I It was amazing. I managed somehow to call 9199 back then. It was zero. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> and I remember, I remember it took the ambulance. It seemed like forever, and nobody came outside, and nobody helped me. I was 10 years old, breathing in my mother's mouth. It was amazing how it felt. Some of you came in here feeling that way. You dragged in here a whole lot of hurt and a whole lot of pain, and you don't know who and how God can work this out for you. But here I am to tell you, unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. One of the most amazing things for me is to see how God can miraculously provide for me when I have nowhere to turn. When I have done all I can do, whether I did it right or wrong, God looks at me and says, I know you're laying there. I know you have nowhere to turn, but I'm God and I still can work it out for you. Come on, church, say amen if you're hearing me. My mother survived that day and the man looked at me and said, son, you saved your mother's life. Who knew that something I learned in school would translate a few minutes later? And I just believe that we serve a God who can. And I think it's time for you to say, I may be laying here stripped. I may feel abandoned, but my God is still alive. And as long as my God is alive, he got somebody coming my way. I don't know when they're going to come. I don't know how they're going to come, but I know somebody's coming. Can you shout amen, church, if you're hearing me? I believe with all my heart that I'm not going to always be a victim forever. I believe God will handle the bandits. I don't have to worry about them. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So I don't have to worry about them. The church people, I believe you just put them in God's hand. Let God work that out. But here's what I think you should do with church people. Learn their story. Don't just judge them. Don't just spend your life trying to criticize them because they have their own story. Don't spend your life mad with church people because you're going to be mad a long time. Don't be frustrated all of your life because somebody in the church let you down because you're going to be frustrated a lot. Somebody is going to leave you. Somebody's not going to help you. Somebody's not going to pay your bills, but God is still God. Come on, say amen. And I think it would be a great thing for you to release somebody. You're blaming some church person. You're still focused on the bandits. Let God handle them. Let God work that out. You've got to learn that God knows where you are. You may not can imagine, you may have never have imagined being where you are, but God has imagined your deliverance. There's a moment in life when you come to yourself and you say to yourself, I believe God's word. And I'm not going to allow myself to live with this fear of being a victim. I'm not going to allow myself to be afraid of being stripped and naked. I'm not going to allow myself, because if you read this kind of story, you can end up saying, I'll never go down to Jericho Road again. I'll never take a risk again. Because the last time I did, I was left down on the road.
Some of you are there. All your conversation is about what the risk you don't want to take. Let me tell you something. There's never been a trial you've been through that God didn't bring you through. There's never been a moment in your life when God did not bring you to a place of great victory. One of the great things about Paul that I like, that I think is the most amazing thing about him, is Paul was the most beat man, most, most, he, was, he was stripped several times, whipped several times, but he kept coming. And you know, that's what made him awesome. That's what made him fantastic. Paul didn't spend a lot of time feeling sorry for himself. He saw a bigger cause. So what, why are you living such a safe life? I know we want to question this guy, victim, why, why were you there? Ignore all that for a minute. Forget the bandits, forget the victim, forget everybody. Let me ask you a question. Are you living so safe because you don't want to ever be a victim? Are you living in such a way that you would never take a chance? Let me tell you something. God wants to bless you. Well, it's been a race for you. You have run hard this week, but at least I hope this message break helped you. Sometimes you need to just sit back, take your shoes off, calm down and rethink life. Don't get frustrated and let all the things around you get you rattled. Just stay focused. You know, I believe that you can make it. I believe that because you've made it so far. So stay focused. Trust God. See you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.